Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Slurds, welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm Brian Wayne, your host, and this is episode 238. The 238th episode just so happens to be a creator corner. The corner, whoop, nope, the creator that I cornered <laughs> on this here episode happens to be a return guest, uh, a friend of the show at this point. I'm, I feel comfortable saying that, Frank Martin. Frank Martin came on and he did his How I Got Here and all of that on that episode. This is not what this is about. I'm not about repeating myself. I'm not about making him repeating himself. I brought him on because the man is leveling up in comics. He's got a brand new Kickstarter that is alive right now. Uh, the Macabre Motel. It is a one-shot horror that I come to find out was a one-shot. And, uh, oh man, it's... it's great it really is i'm already backed i suggest you back to i'm, I'm gonna stress that throughout the entire podcast and in this interview if my enthusiasm doesn't get you his will uh, it, it, it's just a great story so i'm happy to have him back i only bring back creators that level up when it comes to uh second appearances um yeah before we get into all that though i gotta tell you I gotta tell you other places to get other kinds of comics, not Kickstarter comics, uh, you know, other comics. <laughs> and I'm talking Hooked On Comics. Hooked On Comics is brought to me to bring to you by NSCLiveTV.com. And Hooked On Comics is amazing auction style online comic book buying. Uh, whether it's the Tuesday New Comic Book Day pre-sale show or it's the Saturday Big Boy Slabs and Keys and Goodies, um, Hooked on Comics knows how to do it. So Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time are their two main gigs. You can also, once you do, like and follow their Facebook page, you'll see that they put up other... Uh, daytime shows as well, you know, the, the, the Wednesday show, the new comic book day show after, you know, the, the rush comes in in their store and whatever's left, they boom, try to give y'all another chance. And yeah, that, I mean, that's, (laughs) 
They just know how to bring it. I can't stress it enough. You will definitely, 99% of the time, find me in their Tuesday show. And, uh, yeah, when you do, just let them know. Let them know who sent you, huh? Let them know. Now, uh, that, <laughs> that does it for my little Addie poos. Let's, let's get into this. Let's get into this interview. I'm, I'm legit excited introducing it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the phenomenal Frank Martin. All right, Frank Martin, welcome back. How are you, man? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me back. Um, it's it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I know you sent me a a message. Shoot, it seems like an eternity ago, and I, I finally got you on. I was able to get you in, and well, I you know I, I try to um I try to 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 stay ahead of the curve because I know I know everybody's schedules get booked up. So I'm like, yeah, I got a book coming out in a year and a half. Do you have an opening? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I understand. I get it. I get it. Well, um, I Hotel Macabre, man. This is this is good stuff. Now for the listeners. Uh, I've had Frank on the show again, so we're not going to go through the whole, uh, or before, we're not going to go through the whole, you know, how you got into this and all of that stuff. They can go back and listen to all that. Right now, we're we're going to play catch up. Yeah, no, no origin gonna, story. This is, this is Yeah, man, this is, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, uh, dude, you got a book to plug. But first, I got to know, man. I mean, shit's uh, kind of been a little crazy since we talked. How how you holding up in all this corona crap i mean with no cons to go to and push your stuff it's busy especially with three kids and school situations are different from district to district i got one kid in school in the morning i got two kids in school in the afternoon and then it's just driving all around and i want to keep them busy after school so they're in after school activities and everybody's got to wear a mask and you got to sign a thousand different waivers and it's just it it's logistically um Make, they make it a logistically difficult, but it's it's for a good reason. And uh, as long as you stay busy, you don't realize how crazy it all is. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I could relate to all that. I mean, I've I've got little ones myself, and having to deal with school and all of that stuff. I mean, everybody's just so scared right now. I mean, I guess rightfully so too. But it it, make, it makes uh, it makes things just that much more stressful. And being a creator, the last thing a creator needs is uh, more stress in their life, because creating itself isn't exactly a uh, uh, a walk in the park. Or maybe it is, and you're just super talented. But for the most yeah, part, I, would, I mean, there's always a struggle. I would say, um, quantity rise, my productivity has been roughly the same. It's just kind of the execution, the way I, I am productive or creative has kind of shifted and changed because our schedules have shifted and changed. So I'm doing things at weird hours of the day that I don't normally do and, mm. and, and kind of stuff like that. Especially the last time I spoke to you, New York. So New York was in a roughly different situation in, in March and April and May than it is right now. And and mm. it's it's been flipped in a lot of parts of the country because a lot of them, the, it had, the pandemic hadn't spread to them. And now numbers their numbers are a lot higher in other in other parts of the country. So it's it's a little bit it feels like a little bit of a role reversal but I'm I'm hanging in there hope you are too yeah man I mean I'm, I'm managing thankfully uh, 
thankfully we're we're in uh i mean I, i'm in a situation where you know podcasting I, I i don't really interact with a whole lot of people as a matter of fact uh i don't interact with anybody <laughs> so it uh i i have that going for me and i've i've been fortunate enough to be able to 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 maneuver my schedule to not have to be in the public so damn much but um yeah i mean i'm i'm it's it's definitely changed some things so i mean i can't say that because of that i've i'm able to be more productive either you know I've, i it's the same thing you know the kids and all of that it's just how you're productive and i i, I like the, the way you put that too it's that that's really the i don't know it's amazing how much that makes a difference to it and, and the mindset and having to you know you, you get into a groove as a creator and it, it's hard to change things up when you're on a schedule yeah, it's a great outlet, a great stress reliever. And, and I've been, I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day, and I was saying how it's funny how the pandemic, it's on, on the one hand, it's real, real horror because it's terrible and it's awful. And for a lot of people, it's, it's nightmare. And at this, then on the flip side of that, it's kind of like satire horror too, in that some of it is just so ridiculous. Some of the things that are happening, some of the signs, you see commercials that are like people going to casinos wearing masks and they're talking about plexiglass. It's like, it's like a parody of a horror in, in some respects. So it's weird seeing going from one to the other. Well, and I think uh, when, when you say a parody of a horror, I mean, it, well, I don't think there could be a better time to put out a book like yours like hotel macabre and the month of you know halloween during these wild ass times i mean it's 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 almost too perfect the way it worked out especially when you know you kind of you play the whole uh, twilight zone angle with, yeah. with with this book so it's it just it felt so right reading it right now man it's it's uh it's great the great thing um, about horror is that it, it covers such a wide spectrum and i I, I like to tell people that this book, it's its not scary horror, it's not gory horror, it's more atmospheric horror. And there's something about October and spookiness and Halloween that people find a little bit of comfort in stuff like the macabre. So it's, I, I definitely, I enjoy this book. I had a blast putting together. And, and even though it's weird and bizarre and out there and unnerving, it's, it's kind of comforting. It's weird. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd have to agree with that too. You know, get, uh, you know, you giving me the chance to read it beforehand. It's, uh... <laughs> Uh, it really was at the end i mean i was kind of uh, like i said a little uneasy throughout but at the same time you know you just wanted more and more and more and then when it all came down to that that final page it was like oh all right I, i'm really gonna fall into this man like this is this is gonna be a hell of a rabbit hole so i'm uh, I'm I'm proud of you, man. I mean, Modern Godhood. I mean, you had success on the Kickstarter with that, that and that's that's amazing. But Hotel Macabre, I think you just took things to a whole nother level, brother. I really do. I, I, um, thank uh, you for saying that. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, it's it's well deserved, and it's it, it's true. And that I I don't ex here's the deal. I don't have people return, especially indie creators return, if I don't feel like they've leveled up. Um, otherwise, you know, I don't move laterally. That's not how I work. And I, I would hate to, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a prick in that way where I don't want to promote people that are okay with moving laterally. So, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you're on this show for a, uh, for a second time for a good reason. And I'm, I'm hoping the listeners get that. Thank you. And I'm really not just blowing Thank smoke so up your ass. I, I mean it. I've turned down some, uh, 
some gnarly names lately that are really, really hot that I'm not going to name, but I just don't feel like they've really progressed in their career. So, I mean, here and here you are. You're setting the bar high for the next one, man. <laughs> well, that's 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 what I'm here to do, man. I'm here to make Thank this industry better. Um, and that's... Uh, Forcing me up the ladder. I love it. Uh, I'm, I, I'm loving it, man. So, uh, not only did you progress as a writer, but I feel like... Uh, you, you, the, the art in this book is a whole nother level as well. I mean, I'm not going to try to pronounce these artists' names because I'm just going to spit all over the microphone. So I'm going to leave that up to you. <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, how did you find these guys? What was your process with these? Was this, I mean, what, what's going on here? So there are two um, artists from Turkey. They were the line artists and the colorists. They've worked together in the past. Uh, I found them through Facebook. I, I had written the script beforehand, so I went out specifically looking for somebody to give me the feel, that the look that I was looking for. Um, it's kind of a, I'm not going to call it a realistic take, but it's definitely a down-to-earth art style that get, really has that unnerving, creepy, eeriness factor to it, Where, it, but it's subtle so that you, you feel like you're grounded, but at the same time, you feel like something's off, which is basically what the story really is you know it's a, it's a familiar situation that uh, a kind of a normal everyday guy finds himself in and he really just doesn't seem right and the art really reflects that and uh and i found them through i believe through facebook i didn't put out an ad looking for anybody i specifically kind of stalked a bunch of uh, of uh art groups looking for the right people that were showcasing their work and i reached out and we made a connection and they were albert gecko was the uh was the line artist and he was great to work with. He really catered to the character references that I put out there because each character is very specific and he, he put them together nicely. And he was great too with the layouts and the thumbnails and getting back to me responsive. It was a pleasant experience. That's, oh man, he, I, I gotta say, uh, just as the story goes itself, it's very real, but at the same time, just very slightly exaggerated to the point where, you know, you get this sense of, you know, wonder in this world as far as, you know, the, the character features and things like that. You know, I noticed uh, uh, one of the, the, who, the, the front desk guy, uh, he's got this lip on him, this bottom lip, and just the way these, <laughs> these four subtle lines out, and I'm like, man, that's goofy, but at the same time, I know there's something up with this fucker. And, it, it, you know, it's... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. It was just little things like that really stood out to me. And the colors. Uh, I'm, I'm so tired of seeing just bright neon colors all the time because I could see it. I'm, and I used to be the opposite. I love all the poppy and all that stuff. But the fact that, you know, you're doing a horror book, you know, like give me this drab type of feeling, but still throw in like the fantastical neon pink just subtly <laughs> and you know i don't I, and i don't want to give anything away by explaining when this happens or anything like that but oh man uh it's just it's so brilliant brilliantly done and i i can only imagine you know i mean the the level of coaching you had to do i have no idea it seems like these guys are just naturals but I mean, as a writer, you still got to have some, you know, you got to take some credit for the art on a slight level as well, because it's, it's your words that they're throwing down and, you know, your, your, your vibe and the script that you're pitching them. It, so. was, it was definitely a collaborative effort. And, and yeah, the, the, there's, this book is coming at you from a lot of different angles. It's like, um, it's like you said, because it's just, it's a reason to be weird. So we tried different things, we experimented and in it, 
the book really called for that because it's not grounded. It's not this realistic take. It's it's kind of throwing stuff out there, and if it works, doesn't, and if it, it does work even a little bit, you're like, yeah, screw it. It's because it's a weird book. You can kind of do that kind of stuff. And it was – I love the – I really was a big fan of the way that this book – it kind of builds, you know, because it's it's grounded, it's real, and but at the same time, you feel like something's off, and you don't really know how off, and it just progressively gets more off and more weird and more bizarre to the point where it reaches kind of like a tipping point where it's just it goes over the top, and you're like, all right, now this is totally out of control, and you never know when that's going to come, and it's kind of like playing double dutch. We're like, am I gonna? Is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? And and eventually, <laughs> when it does, it's just like all hell breaks loose. So I had a lot of fun writing this book and just doing weird things, especially with the dialogue. You know, I, I was it was an excuse to just say ridiculous things out of nowhere that didn't make sense at all. Well, and the dialogue is actually an incredibly integral part of understanding the weirdness in all of this, you know, particularly the, uh, well, I, I, what would you call him, like the groundskeeper guy? I mean, the, 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 the guy that's just kind of showing our character He's, around. Yeah, his name is Chester. Chester. He's he's the. Uh, I should probably say give the little elevator pitch for the book too. Just, just yeah, so let's do that. <laughs> so anyway, we we kind of we jumped right in there because it's uh, it's an awesome oh, well, story. I'm but, just excited, anyway, man. That's that's my fault. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a very simplistic story, and it's probably the reason I think it's resonated with people. It's because it's so relatable. It's just a guy. He's on the road. In this particular case, he's going to see his girlfriend's family. It's a late night. He decides to pull over a mo- at a motel. And it's filled with weird guests, and they're creeping him out, and he decides to make a run for it, and they're just, they don't want to see him go, and they're kind of keeping him around. So it's its kind of a situation a lot of people can can relate to. Everybody has memories of staying someplace that they're not, that's not their house, whether it's a motel, a hotel, Airbnb, whatever, and, and he... He, he senses something's off. Something's definitely weird. and But he kind of brushes it off. He's just like, all right, I guess they're just weird people in life, you know, and you just ignore them and you carry on and hopefully they're not in your life for that long. And I think that's what our main character is going through. And it reaches that point where he it's just too weird for him. He's got to get out of there. And it, by then it's too late. Uh, well, yeah, I know. He seems like he's, uh, I mean, like, well, I guess it's okay for me to say it since you kind of said by then it's too late. He seems like he's instantly fucked as soon as he <laughs> walks into this place. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat, the first characters you meet, you know, it's like, ah, oh, this guy's in for the long haul. Yeah. Or, or they're just going to kill him. I don't know, but uh, that's... Uh, I I, it doesn't feel like this is a murderous type of situation is what I get out I of mean, this. That's I think kinda, it's more of that's a mind bend. Yeah, I've I've heard people say that where they're like, this kind of there was a twist and a turn here where it didn't. I knew it wasn't going to turn out well. I just didn't know in what fashion it wasn't going to be well. Like, was he going to be strung up? Was he going to be uh, sodomized? Was he going to be killed? I, something's going to happen. I don't know what, and I can't wait to see it happen. So, I think that hmm. kind of anticipation is part of the fun of the book. Well, you do a good job uh, definitely making the reader want more. That's for sure. Um, so uh, how many issues do you plan on going with this? Is this like a maxi series you're writing now, or is this a lifelong this is, project you could see going forever? This is definitely a one 
shot. This is definitely a, oh, kind of no a, shit. a, a one and done. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, and that oh. makes the ending all the more, all the more peculiar, <laughs> right? So, oh, I mean, man. I never. I can see a whole universe of this. I, I mean, I, I love doing that a lot. Where I, I leave things just enough that it's it, it's considered an ending but it, it leaves people wanting more it leaves people filling the blanks afterwards and i never say never i everything's always open in my mind everything is an opportunity so could i possibly return to this universe and do another story a follow-up of some kind absolutely but right now it's not in the plans this was kind of just uh, a, a one night experience for our for our main character steve here i dig it man and you know i admire that too because that's uh, to 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 know that you have this this vast, uh, endless possibility of a story, and you just boom, here's 24 pages, and you're gonna have to just live with this. And I, I think that actually makes it even more unnerving when it's all said and done. Um, I, I, yeah. I that's oh man, ah, uh, that, that that just brought this to a whole new level for me. Dude. A lot a lot this of people is, were saying too is that that a lot of there's. So many characters in this book and their dynamic characters that you could just do a whole series based on each one of these guys. And they, uh, I had another reader who, who had an early peek at it. And he said, you spend so little time with these characters, but they make such an impression on you on those limited number of panels that they're in. So I was, uh, it, was, it was definitely words of appreciation that I, I really dug. Well, I mean, right, yeah, as well you should because it's it's the truth. It's it's really hard to get that type of feeling and reaction out of some characters that, I mean, it's not like these are parodies of characters that we know and love and we have some sort of nostalgic uh, draw to them. No, you just made these guys up out of your own Frank Martin brain and we instantly <laughs> fell in love with them. I mean, that's that's talent, dude. That's talent. That's not very often that happens. I mean, there's some series out there, even through Image and f shit, Marvel, that I've seen in comics a hundred times. I'm like, ah, who is that again? I mean, it's, I can't even remember their damn names, but uh, immediately, I'm just, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, I gotta watch my tongue, but it, uh, it's to be beautifully written. To be fair, the premise itself kind of lends itself to that, because it forced me, it didn't just allow me, it forced me to create characters that were wild and kooky and crazy and weird and and memorable in that way in the fact that after this guy meets them and he has a brief introduction with them they've got to make a lasting impression on his brain about how freaking weird they are so um it kind of forced me into that situation and in turn it does it to the reader too where they're, they're like that dude was was strange that guy was definitely bizarre mm-hmm well you well huh yeah, well, you nailed it. I, I just, I, you, you nailed it. Now, um, well, as far as how to get this, I mean, the whole point of you coming on here is to push this Kickstarter. And as this episode airs, I think we'll be about three days into the Kickstarter, two days. Let's see. It starts the first, right? It does, yeah. October 1st launches. Right on. Well, this will go up the Monday after the 1st, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, well, they'll have, the listeners have plenty of time to get on it, but the best thing you could do is get on it early Be, yeah. because I mean, the, the, the quicker you get on it, the more it gets into the, the algorithms of Kickstarter and the, the, the better the chance, uh, Frank has yeah, I gotta, to, to, to get this baby funded. 
I have a cool um, early backer bonus where I wanted to do something different and unique. Everybody does like stickers or pins, but I want to do something kind of tailored to this. So what I'm doing is the first hundred backers that back on the physical level, so they at least get the actual print copy of the book. I'm making up like motel key tags, you know, the keychain that they give you the oh, room keys. Oh hell yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm making those up with a printed logo and your backer number on it. So uh, that's kind of a cool, unique item that kind of you get, definitely get that motel feel. It's one of those things where you just describe it to people and they immediately know what it looks like. Yep. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. So, uh, so that's that that's going to be a cool little um, reward that I thought was something different that I that I had fun with coming up with. Well, that's that's definitely unique too, and unique to your story. Because you're right, most of the time, you know, it's you know, stickers or a pin or something. And not that there's anything against that. And I mean, even a keychain. But with you, a hotel key. That <laughs> I mean, come on, that's <laughs> that's perfect. That, that that's absolutely perfect. Yeah, um, I, it was funny because I reached out to the um, I didn't. I, there's no like um promo store you know that kind of sells this stuff so i had to reach out to an actual hospitality manufacturer and, and i decided to explain to them i'm not a hotel i'm doing this for my comic book and they're like that's pretty cool <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of really weird awesome. having to do deals with with vendors that are out kind of outside your industry to try to, to they didn't really care they're like yeah we, we just print stuff so that's pretty awesome we'll just slap your logo on it and, and away you go Oh, that's so cool, man. Um, what what kind of goals are you setting for yourself on this? Uh, the funding goal is 2800 That's pretty much going to cover a lot of stuff for the book. Uh, I got a um, – because I've got two variant covers. Uh, one's done by Ryan Kraboth. One's done by uh, a friend of mine, Luke Cooper. They're both friends of mine. And I also am having a hollow foil version of the, the standard cover, which is done by Ryan Lee, who's a great artist. He's done stuff for Marvel and IDW. And uh, I have also got a theme song for the book that's awesome. Oh, it's done from uh, yeah, a buddy of mine, Lane Thomas, and I got previews of the theme song on the on the Kickstarter page. So I've definitely put a lot into cultivating a nice uh, chunk of, of rewards for this. Oh, that's, that sounds incredible, man. I mean, you're definitely setting the high standards for this, that's for sure. And I think 2,800 bucks is uh, that you should skyrocket through that, man. Um, th this this just sounds so amazing. Uh, and these goals, these stretch goals, all of this stuff. I mean, you're, you're taking this to another level, dude. You really are. I'm not just saying that. It's uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm really impressed with this campaign here. I know I'm excited. If I'm not going to, I mean, there's no way in hell I'm not going to not be one of the first 100 backers, if not the first. It's, <laughs> thank, oh, man. thank you, definitely. It's always, it's always awesome when you get a um, somebody who's, who's eager to jump on board. Well, and I'm, I'm, I have a feeling that after this there, there's going to be just a few more eager uh, eager yeah. readers out there. Kickstarter's a weird thing, man. It's like you're throwing a party and you kind of just toss invitations into the wind and kind of hope that one that somebody grabs it and says hey i think i'll show up <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely i mean it's a it's it's a big risk that's for sure it could really destroy one's ego you know i mean there's there's lots of i mean it is extremely stressful throughout that entire as are you, are you doing a 30-day campaign uh, roughly i'm ending on the 28th so okay yeah one, yeah four-week campaign yeah, I wanted to to have some break between Halloween and the election, so I kind of wanted to to get out of Dodge before that happened. So pretty much for the month of October, I'm going to be in campaign mode. Right on, man. Well, I like I said, I think you're going to nail this. Is you just it's too good not to not to back. 
Um, now, I, I have to ask, uh, from modern godhood to uh, Hotel Macabre, like I said, it's, I mean, you, you took it to another level. I mean, was there any lessons that you learned from the, the first Kickstarter that you might, or, that you're going to tweak on this one? Or, I mean, just for the other listeners out there that are aspiring to create, because at this point I can consider you an inspiration for these guys, because this is, uh, I this mean, is gold, dude. This is, I think this is going to be my seventh Kickstarter total. So uh, I've definitely taken my lumps over the years trying to figure it out. I've, I've had success on every single one, knock on wood, that it's, that it's worked mm-hmm. out. This is my highest goal yet. I would say um, it's guys like you, Ryan, honestly, that really uh, do a lot for getting us out there. And so I would reach out to podcasters, reviewers, people that are really in touch that do a lot of these and, and could give you such awesome words of praise as you've given me. And, and don't be afraid to share your work. And if you, you, you have faith in it and you think it's great, they will, it will speak volumes about it. Just don't sit. Don't, don't reach out to them a week before. That's like I said, a year and a half <laughs> is a good time. No, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not unreasonable to reach out two months ahead of time and just say, look, I, know, I don't know if you're going to schedule me yet, but I at least wanted to get on your radar and let you know. Don't wait till the last minute. And uh, guys like you are invaluable. So thank you definitely for doing what you do. Oh man, well, like I, I mean, I truly believe this is what I was put here to do. Two years ago, man, two years ago we started this. This is crazy, and here we are. This is a, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of campaign, uh, Kickstarter campaigns. I've, uh, I've championed and backed and loved and adored, and uh, I'm not slowing down any man. And if anything, Hotel Macabre, it's just the, this one has just motivated me that much more to really, you know, when an indie creator reaches out to me. Yeah, you have to give them a chance. You have to give them a chance, and uh, you, these chances that you take really pay off. I mean, like I said, this is this is horror on a whole different level. To me, this feels like a chapter out of Ice Cream Man. Did you ever read Ice Cream Man? I the image. Didn't that's the image book, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's just a series of one shots in this you know vast, vast universe of. Uh, well, nothingness really. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's there's no pattern to anything. It's just there's always this one creepy character that calls himself. I mean, that resembles an ice cream man and all of it. But other than that, you you just feel uneasy throughout all of it. And to me, I think it's the greatest horror book out there. And when I read this, Frank, I'm not lying, dude. I felt like you know, in its own unique way. I'm not saying it's just right out of you know W Mac. You know, it sounds like something W Maxwell Prince did. But I'm saying it, it's up there to me like it came out of the series that's producing the greatest series of one-shot horror tales out there. And, I mean, I, I, I can't give it any more praise than that. It's, it, 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 ah, it just feels so goddamn perfect. And for you to do this during October and the month of Halloween, I just don't see how this can fail. So I, yeah, I, I hope uh, people get in the mood. I mean, it's funny because, I mean, obviously, right off the bat when I think about describing this even when i was making it i'm like this is a twilight zone kind of outer limits thing but as i talk about it more i realize more influences other things have had on this i had a guy um i've never seen twin peaks but he definitely said it was a twin peaks vibe and then right after that i said you know what it's got real like a beetlejuice vibe to it too i even realized it until we started talking Ah. that beetlejuice was one of my favorite movies as a kid and it does it's not a comedy like Beetlejuice is, but Beetlejuice is definitely horror, and it's got that quirky horror to it, you know. And that's definitely it, there are there are traces of that within Motel Macabre. So, 
it's weird how these things that you consume over the years kind of bleed out into your work without you even realizing. Well, and that's why art's so important, man, because art breeds art. And, you know, it's, uh, and I, you know, I, I'm glad you said the Beetlejuice thing, because sitting here thinking about that, I, inst you know, either you, without giving anything away, as we go through and we introduce these other uh, characters in, in this series, I think about the, uh, the waiting room in Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, how, how uneasy you are with all of these weird ass characters and their own little stories. And I, I, dude, I feel that, man. I feel that for sure. Total Beetlejuice vibes. Yeah, now I'm starting to think that maybe it was a little too subconscious when I was making it, but well, it was, no, I didn't yeah, make I the connection just... until you said it. You know, it's not like a, oh, you stole that from Beetlejuice, but when you say it, I'm like, oh man, I totally feel that inspiration. Yeah, there's nothing I... wrong with being inspired. Yeah, my father, when I was at a young age, he uh, he he put me in front of a TV and said, "You're gonna watch Beetlejuice," and I I watched a pro. I was maybe I don't know eight, and I just watched it on repeat over and over and over. And it's a great movie. Oh man, no, it's it's classic for sure, classic. One that'll stand the test of time forever. Um, man, Frank, this is this has been. Oh, you know what? I have one more question to ask. You know, I always do my five question thing. You've been on here before, so I have to I have to ask you, being that this is very Twilight Zoney for the listeners. I'm to sure get if you ask me more. five questions, I'll give you five different ones because it's been. <laughs> I felt like I feel like I've lived five lifetimes in the last five months. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Well, uh, well, I'll leave you with this one, and I think it, it's a rather important question. Uh, favorite Twilight Zone episode. Favorite Twilight Zone episode. The one that immediately always comes to mind is the one. I don't even know if it's a Twilight Zone episode, but it feels like it is. With um, um, Hitler's nanny, or the, the the person that kills Hitler. Oh, shit. Have, you, have you seen that one? Is that maybe that? Oh now, man, that's an outer limits. It, I don't know. They always. Oh, they all I don't blend know. Together. I don't know. It, it, it does yeah, blends th together sometimes. I think I'm not sure exactly how it how it happens, but uh, somebody goes. Maybe a time traveler travels back in time, and he snatches Hitler from the crib, and the nanny runs and tries to stop her, and she ends up throwing the baby into like the river or something, something horrible, and the nanny is so horrified, she doesn't know what to do. She can't go back to the family and say somebody stole your baby so she snatches a baby from somewhere place else and then uses that as the new adolf hitler so it's kind of, <laughs> it was kind of the ending was kind of like uh it was the way history was supposed to play out this other person turned out to be adolf hitler who wasn't born actually adolf hitler so that and that ending or that feeling of an ending absolutely um you could see in motel macabre too I dude, I get that vibe for sure, and you know that that's why I brought up this question because it's you know, like you said yourself. I mean, it's very Twilight Zoney, so I want to know which one. I mean, how how you know outer limits in Twilight Zone do you really get on that? So, <laughs> uh, I dig it, man. I another dig it. Another big, I would say, influence was, and this was probably the biggest one because I remember all these episodes. I just watched them the other day. Was Are You Afraid of the Dark? I bought um, the first two seasons on DVD, and I went through them all with my kids, and it was a great blast from the past, a lot of nostalgia there. So definitely those kind of one-shot, one-and-done kind of episodes, sometimes with a twist at the end. Yeah, it's I could I could write those that stuff all day. Dude, uh, man. 
We got to get you taking over Goosebumps. <laughs> That's what we need you to do. We, we, need, we, need, we need you to start writing the Goosebumps books for us because I feel like that is so right up your alley, man. Bring Thank those you. back. I, I, I wish. <laughs> Frank Martin, dude, this has been my pleasure, and you have taken my level of excitement on this book to somehow another level. And as you have with your, your creativity yourself, man, I am so happy for you and what – how you've advanced in your career and uh, your, your production and oh man, um, this is this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate it, Brian. Thanks a lot for having me on and giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Uh, well, anytime, man. You got a book. I have full faith in you. Bring bring it to me and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll squeeze you in, man. We'll squeeze you in. Just like I said, give give me a couple months, <laughs> a couple months ahead of time, and you know how to do this, though. You're a pro at this point, man. Um, I'm going to have all the links to where we can find you and the Kickstarter, of course, in the description of this podcast. And uh, I'm going to be championing your cause throughout the entire month of October, man. My focus is on Hotel Macabre getting into my hands. Any idea of a landing date on this book once it funds? Uh, I plan on printing it. So it ends October 28th. I plan on putting the order to print in October 29th. So oh, and you don't get the kicks you don't get the Kickstarter funds for like two to three weeks now. So I'm gonna I'm oh. not gonna waste time because modern the last book Modern Godhood it didn't uh, get into people's hands as quickly as I thought. So I decided I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna make that mistake. I'm gonna just bang out the credit card on the printer and then just pay it back as soon as I get the money. You're a monster, dude. Uh, and. Oh, man, I've got all the faith in you, though. I've got all the faith in, in this project and the, the the future of your career. I mean, I can't wait to see what's next for you, dude. Uh, but right now, oh, I want uh, your focus. I've been a busy boy, so. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, got a, I got a lot of stuff coming up, but uh, one one book at a time. Let's focus on, on, on making this the best Halloween it can be. That's right. That's right. And that's why I don't bring up that question because I want your full of attention and focus on marketing out this uh this Kickstarter because this needs to happen. It needs to happen. It will happen. Um man Frank, this is once again I'm going to say it it's been my pleasure. If you need anything, you know where to find me, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey man. I'll uh you stay safe out there and uh I can't wait to back this book, dude. <laughs> Thanks. And cheers, brother. Hey everybody, this is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Realms and Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs, killing off fan-favorite characters, high necromancers, inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling. Join us in the realms of Pridea for fun fantasy adventures. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts. Well, there you have it, Slurds. Another creator has been cornered. Another episode is in the books, and I cannot stop urging you to jump on this Kickstarter while you can. The the stretch goals sound amazing. The hotel keychains numbered. Come on. Come on. Uh, I, I, we gave all the reasons. I'm not going to keep repeating all the reasons. Frank Martin has been the man. Uh, he is on the rise. The dude only moves upwards and that 
I fucking respect. I respect the shit out of that. And that's why he's back here for a second time. And I could see him as a guy that comes on twice a year for the duration of this podcast. As long as he keeps producing at this level, uh, I have a feeling. I have a damn good feeling he'll be back for several more. So, uh, ah, man, I'm choking over my excitement. (laughs) You slurds have been incredible. Thank you for listening. And uh, I urge you, as always, to stay safe out there. Read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Ah, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast.